Coming up on today's Lockdown Mavs, returning guest, friend of the pod, friend of alternate streams on Mavs.com for summer league games that players will we never care about will never matter. Austin is here. We're going to do a Q&A, all types of questions from Mavs fans, coming up next on Lockdown Mavs. And this is Lockdown Mavs Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Lockdown Mavs. This is one of your co-hosts, half of Lockdown Mavs, contributor to Mavs.com, Isaac Harris. And today I'm joined by the one and only, the people's favorite of Mavs Twitter, Austin from Dime Magazine, Dime Up Rocks. What was the last thing you, you wrote for Dime? Hardy? I think it was a hard. Yeah, I got the Jaden Hardy propaganda out immediately after game one. <laughs> That's the perfect timing to do it after. After that, first I was game. like, either he's gonna flame out or he's gonna do great in game one. I'm just gonna write a piece and just live with that one. And I, it, he, he did me a solid. <laughs> uh, today, so we threw out uh, some questions on Twitter earlier today, or just threw out a question. Say, hey, throw us uh, some questions for the mailbag. And uh, we have so many random questions. All right. Um, questions about sweaters, question about food, question about the Mavs, a lot of questions about the Mavs. If you're watching on YouTube, though, leave a comment below. What's your favorite? I'm going to be very American here. What's your favorite? Who's your favorite soccer team? All right. I said soccer instead of uh, football. My wife would probably uh, punch me since she's from Brazil. It's like, hey, it's football. It's not soccer. Um, well, who's your favorite soccer team? Because, Austin, you went to the Cotton Bowl, I guess, a few days ago and saw Barcelona. I did. What, I got a did it live up to the treat. hype? It honestly it exceeded the hype. We got a very, very fun game. Barcelona and Juventus. Uh, you don't usually get teams that are that good coming to Dallas. So you gotta you gotta take advantage and see world class talent. The Usman, I'm gonna butcher this name, Dembele. Dembele. Oh right? man. He put it, on a is, show. How good is he? He's he's pretty damn good. He's he's pretty flashy. He's gonna it, He's a little. He's not old, old, but he's like he's in his prime. But he's going to be a really good player for Barcelona. But Barcelona has a lot of problems on their own end because they don't have any money. So, <laughs> oh, they're broke. They're broke. They're they're very broke, and they're they're trying to make more money. But they're they're broke right now, so they're they're having a few issues. So, who are they in like the NBA? Are they like the Knicks or they're like no? They they have a lot of success because they had Messi for a long time. So they're like okay, not the. Not the Lakers, maybe like the the mid to 2010s Cavs had a great player okay. and then they, then their great player left, but now they're up and coming at a couple good up and coming players. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Let's let's hop into some questions. First question comes from Bates. Bates says, What will Tim's role be like next year? And could it be different than years past? So Tim Hardaway, obviously coming off the injury, missed a lot of last year, missed all the playoff run. Um, as some Mavs employees are saying, he is the, the he's like a free agent. All right. Tim Hardaway is like their free agent signing. Greg St. Jean was on this pod last week and talked about how they're viewing him as a free agent. Uh, saw the Mavs comments to that and how they felt about that comment. Um, what do you think Tim's role is on this team? Caveat, if he's on this roster. That's a big caveat. Uh, 
<laughs> I think he's I think he's gonna play well. I think he just kind of hit a, a weird shooting slump last year, at the beginning of the year, like a lot like pretty much half the team was in a shooting slump and then he got hurt. And so we didn't really see him play like he played in the last two previous seasons. And I think he's gonna have if he's on the roster, I think he's gonna have a, a big role. There's a lot of scoring to fill in. He knows how to play with Luca. I think his role will be a little more defined this year, uh, as opposed to last year where Kid was kind of letting everybody fill out and kind of um expand their skill set so i think if he's on the roster he'll he'll be the guy who's been this the entire time he's been a map he'll shoot eight threes a game he'll hit 38 percent of those threes he'll come off the bench he'll have games where he absolutely wins them the game because he just goes for 40 and then he'll have just to be same streaky tim hardaway but i think the nice thing is that they don't he's kind of like he's pretty much additive he, he they don't they're not gonna rely on him to score 18 to 20 every single night so yeah. and because of, because Reggie played so well in the playoffs, he makes Tim not expendable, but at least uh, where they're not fully relying on his shooting just to just to win games. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on. I think the as long as Dinwiddie is healthy and this roster looks the way it does, I, I think the days of him starting are probably over. With how how it is, just just the fact that Reggie's a better defender, you know, he can hit the threes. Reggie and Dorian on the wing there, they throw Dinwiddie you know, as the secondary ball handler out there with Luca and the starting unit. Um, I'm, I'm really curious on just what the next, I would assume that you're in the camp that the Mavericks are not done. They, are you expecting another move this off season? Yeah, I'm definitely expecting another move. Okay. Cause I'll go ahead and lump this next question in there. Rami asked, can you guess who will be the backup ball handler next season? Frank, a trade or a vet men guy? Because I think the answer to this kind of impacts Tim's role next year because this will be kind of Tim's running mate, I guess, coming off the bench. You know, I think I'm think it. i I'm going to cheat and say that it's going to be both a trade and a vet minimum guy because I can see them going into training camp and going into the season without making a trade and being patient. I think Nico has shown that he's pretty patient. He's not impulsive when he makes trades, and he likes to make pretty smart, pragmatic trades of the thing comes to fruition before training camp. I think they'll use that extra roster spot to sign a guy they get in training camp. And if they need to trade him at some point, then they'll make that trade. But I think eventually before the trade deadline, they'll have a legitimate third ball handler. Ball handler. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think whether it's this off season, uh, I still think it's going to happen before the season, but if not at some point before the trade deadline, but I say that because how it affects Tim, because let's say now, I don't think that they, they would uh, lean this far into pairing uh, Jordan Clarkson and Tim Hardaway together. That would be a uh, pretty wild, but if for some reason they did bring in a guy like that to be the third ball handler off the bench, then I think that would drastically impact Tim's role in his offense. But if they bring in like a, I don't know, a Pat Beverly or something like that as, as the third guy off the bench, I think Tim Tim's role as this, like this primary scorer off the bench is kind of defined a little bit. Uh, obviously Christian Wood coming off the bench impacts that too, is them kind of this, I don't want to call him a dynamic offensive duo, duo, but better offense than what they had last year off the bench, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a lot of firepower off the bench. It's a guy who averaged 18 a game one year, and then also another guy who's averaged 20 a game, both coming off your bench. So I don't think scoring is going to be the problem. I think the first 20 games will be kind of figuring out how many minutes guys play, where guys are playing in the rotation, and kind of defining those roles after they had a year where their roles were so defined. Um, 
And it'll be interesting to see also how much Maxi plays alongside JaVale and also Christian Wood off the bench. And if Josh Green does make some sort of leap in his third year, I think there's going to be a lot of, I think the first 20 games, <laughs> Mavs Twitter is going to have to be patient because I think they Ooh. might, there might have some growing pains as to who's playing and when and how much each guy is playing in the rotation. Yeah. You just mentioned two words that just don't exist. Mavs Twitter and patience. That just that is that ain't that ain't happening. Uh, let let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Uh, answer some more of your questions. This pod is brought to you by our best friends, Built Bar. I literally just got a package in the mail the other day that Built Bar sent me and is like, "Hey, we have a new flavor. Try it out." From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk. Built Bar. If you haven't tried it, you need to try it. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment as well. That's right. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously, what a word, chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. This fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling right now and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein with your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you the best part about built puffs is of course they taste amazing delicious coconut rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow stop fascinating fascinating stop fantasizing right now even bryce at lockdown rangers loves built bar go to built.com your order to order your box Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order, promo code LOCKED15. All right, you mentioned Josh Green a little bit ago. What, where are you at on Josh Green? I think it was like all things Mavs tweeted out the other day about, hey, hop on board the Josh Green uh, hype train. Are you like on the train? Did you sell your ticket? Are you at the station just waiting? Are you trying to buy other people's tickets? What? I, I've kept my stock of sat on it. I haven't been accumulating stock, but I, I collected a good amount in his rookie year. And I was like, let me just, let me hold this until year three. I like that he's smart enough to start the Josh Green propaganda train this summer. That's, that's showing some real development. Um, it does seem like he is really putting in a lot of work this summer to really improve his game and that he took getting benched in the playoffs pretty personally. I, I like that from him because I, I didn't think he was that kind of player who would take things personally and kind of would just, you know, shook it off and just came back in the offseason. But there was a pretty extensive piece about him in basketball news about all the work that he's putting in the offseason and the training he's been doing in Vegas with Impact Basketball. And I think, you know, he didn't shoot that horrible. He shot 36% from three. I think the perception of him as a bad shooter is kind of off because he was he was a good shooter in college. He shot 36% from three in college. He had a bad rookie year, but, you know, I don't think any anyone as a rookie plays well in a call-out. So I think... If he can work on his jumper and then he's talked about working on his ball handling, if he can become a guy who can handle the ball just a little bit off the ball and his defense just takes another step, I think he can be a good rotation wing. I think I don't think there's really a reason why he can't play in the rotation. And he showed that throughout the that second half of the regular season last year, and he played in that first round of the playoffs. And so I think if he can just take a marginal step this year, that'll go a long way to kind of shoring up their wing rotation, especially if they do – execute a hardaway trade at some point yeah i'm gonna go ahead and ask one of tim's questions here he said oh, what no. are some <laughs> this is it kind of plays into this because my answer was <laughs> focused on josh green for this 
He asks, what are some under-discussed slash unexpected ways this Mavs roster could take a step forward next year? And my answer to that question was Josh Green, because I think it's kind of unexpected of, I'm not, I just, I'm going to the season not expecting much of him because he got benched in the playoffs. He didn't have that big of a role and all of that. And it's like, all right, what is his role in this team? But if, if he came into next season and took a massive leap forward as this like young guy who could like, we all know how good of a passer he is, man, it'd be awesome if he could like handle the ball and it's like, all right, can we, can we run a few things through you? Because you are a great, you have good vision. You're a great passer. I think that is one of the ways that like, if we're talking about under discussed or unexpected ways that this roster could be better for me, if Josh Green took a leap, I think it would really help the team. Yeah, I think I, t- I mentioned this last season. I was like, the theoretical best version of Josh Green is actually the exact thing this team needs. A really athletic wing that can handle the ball and make great reads and play off of Luka, but doesn't need the ball too much. And that's kind of like their one avenue towards growth um, uh, that's pretty much unexpected that you can't get from the rest of the roster. Most of the roster, their talent isn't really tapped out, but they're not no one else is going to make a huge leap as far as their abilities. And also if he does make a leap, he also becomes a valuable trade asset. If they need to make a bigger move next off season or even during the season. Yeah, no, that's good. Especially with losing Brunson, your, uh, yeah. your trade assets are pretty slim at the moment. It's, it's, it's dwindling. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam asked this, he is, what is on your wish list for the next arena built in Dallas? Wow, that's a that's a good one because I, I actually really like Americans American Airlines Center. Like I think it's a pretty good arena. I don't have a lot of criticisms of the arena itself. Actually, no, we can we can get some better concessions. We can get some, yeah. some top-notch food. The food there is like it's it's okay. It'll get you through games, but I think they can do some real top-notch food. I they can do a little upgrade to the old lucky number seven bar. Yeah, I think I think those are the two major ones. Honestly, American Airlines, I I like the AC a lot. It's like it's a pretty good arena to go watch basketball. And I like the the I like Victory Park area. I think yeah. arenas having an outdoor area like that is so crucial. You know, I, we went to the Bay there for you know a couple of those Warriors games in the playoffs, and just seeing the Chase Center and being in there for those two games. I mean, it felt like a spaceship, and it was like, oh, okay, well. I like the AAC, but then you you see that and you're like, all right, we are a little behind on some things. Um, but but their outdoor area was so cool. It had some turf and just I think and obviously Mavericks have the Victory Park area and stuff too. So I'm with you on that though. Con- concessions, some of the food options, upgrading some of those would be uh would be huge. Parking probably too, but they, it's gotten better parking down there. I guess I'm I'm blessed because I, I get to walk to the arena, so I don't have to worry about parking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, Tim Cato. Do you know Tim Cato? Unfortunately. Tim asks, <laughs> what are Austin's top three favorite beer? <laughs> Did he say beer flavors? Beer flavored beers. Beer flavored beers? Beer flavored just, beers? just classic beers. Just uh, Number one. Lone Give us Star. your three favorites. Lone Star beer, phenomenal. Okay. Cronenberg, it's a French beer, but it's just good old-fashioned, clean-tasting, beer-flavored beer. And then Modelo. Modelo, fantastic, delicious, okay. always refreshing. And, those, have, and you can't go wrong with those three beers. Okay. 
I've ha- I've I have some Modelo in my fridge. So uh, I was gonna say I'm not w- well versed in this uh, world. So you're gonna shout out some names here that I'm like don't know, but uh, I do know Modelos though. No, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it real simple when it comes to beer filler beer. Okay, so that first one I need to I need to try Lone Star. Lone Star is great. It's great. It's cheap. It's delicious. That's that's okay. that honestly should be their slogan. <laughs> okay, all right, that's what it is. Um, we got this question. Why is Mavs Twitter? Why have they been on edge lately? What do you mean by lately? <laughs> <laughs> Ask freaking Tim Cato. He asked this question. Why is Mavs Twitter? Why Mavs Twitter has been on edge lately? I think Tim just might be triggered because every time he writes an article, it just throws everyone online into an existential crisis. He knows what he's doing. He's doing it on you purpose. Know, he's absolutely doing it on purpose. You know, uh, Mavs Twitter is very, very well versed, very smart, very tuned into the team. But they're just anything can go wrong, and it'll spin very quickly. I think yeah. lo- losing Brunson kind of put everybody. If if they hadn't lost Brunson, everyone would be in a great mood. We went to the conference finals. Every, it was it was a great time, and then it was just like, oh yeah, we we can come back down to earth very easily. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong with with, with the team. <laughs> And I, I think there's a there's a real anxiety having a top five player and knowing that yeah. you're kind of on the clock to be a contender and not and knowing that you don't really have the assets currently to be a contender. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think when expectations changed, you know, when when the expectations go up, I think all the emotions go up. And now that we've entered this realm of, hey, we're supposed to be contenders every year now. We have Luca and it's like you go to the conference finals then you know i feel like the the closest we've all been to all agreeing was you know the dennis year the you know the the few years there before luca to where like yeah we're not good and (laughs) we're gonna suck and we like all understand it we all agree and we're like hey we're in this together and that's not us now yeah but also going to the conference finals is hard i yeah I thought about this the other day. Is like Luke has been in the conference finals and Joel Embiid is not. Ooh. And they did all that work in Philadelphia to go to the conference finals and they still haven't been. And they're in the Eastern Conference. That that yeah. that is a level of anxiety that I I see why Sixers Twitter is always kind of <laughs> flipping out. <laughs> and it, it's a you know I think one of the things I've been reminded of over the past few years is that I think we can get so wrapped up into Mavs tw- like Twitter that we forget that. Like there's the there's a, a big portion of the fan base outside of Twitter, <laughs> and yeah. it's like the amount of people who have listened to this podcast and they've reached out to us, whether email or YouTube, whatever. And it's like, or they'll shoot us a DM on Twitter, like, all right, y'all always talk about Twitter. We just created a, a dummy one just to like interact with you guys and shoot you a DM, or the people in person that you know that are Mavs fans, and they're like, I don't I don't do Twitter, like. But they're big Mavs fans, and it's just – I think sometimes we can get wrapped up into, well, Mavs Twitter says this, and that's the opinion of the fan base. And you're like, no, it's actually just a you know, a smaller portion of the fan base. But Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. I think Tim actually did a pretty good survey of, like, all the fans, and I think that's always, like, a really good harbor of, like, how the fan base actually thinks. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll take one more quick break, then we'll be back – answering some more questions and one towards the end is actually my favorite question and came via dm from mason all right fantasy ask which Mavs player will surprise us the most next year 
I'm gonna go with Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm 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 kind of putting my my eggs in the Spencer Dinwiddie basket. I think second year off his ACL, he's gonna be much more athletic, much more much stronger, um, and he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot more than he did because Brunson's gonna be gone. Um, and I think he learned how to play next to Luca. I thought honestly he played next to Luca better than Brunson did. He was a better kind of catch and shoot player, kind of knew how to play off of him more and attacks in a way that Luca doesn't. And I think having a bigger role for him and starting and being a full-time starter and also being off of the second year of his ACL, I think he's going to have a pretty big year. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages close to 20 points a game next year. Yeah. I, I feel like I can't say that that would be my answer uh, with that. And, um, you know, last Friday when St. Jean was on, I kind of asked him this exact question of like, in a different way, I was like, Who, which player do you think will show the most growth next season? And he said Dinwiddie and a lot of the same reasons you were talking about. So I'm I'm all with you on the Dinwiddie hype train. I'll say JaVale just for the sake of another answer that I think just us seeing and somebody in the Dwight spot that can rebound and kind of hold his own in the paint that he's not going to average 25 to 28 minutes a game. But seeing somebody in that. 18 minutes a game role that can still roll to the basket and Luca just make his life easy, but also grab some rebounds and stuff too. And as a vet on the team, I think he'll bring a little bit more than what some Mavs fans are expecting. I, I agree. I'm I'm pretty high on the Javilla signing. I kind of don't too. Really understand why people are so upset about that signing. Six million years, not that much money. It's no, I understand he got a player option in his third year and he'll be a little bit older, but he's a good center for he's he's a perfect for that role a star in his role, just play 15 to 20 minutes a game. And he's better than Dwight. Like he's just, he'll be yeah. able to play more than Dwight did in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Michael asks, what's the best and worst case scenario for the Mavs next season? Let's do I mean, best case first. Best case. Best case is everything just gels. They don't really miss Brunson all that much. Uh, Spencer takes the next step. Christian Wood is just phenomenal. Um, they have Hardaway and their offense. They would go back to being the number one offense in the league and they go back to the conference finals. I think they have that kind of ceiling if every single thing goes right, but it has to be every single player hits their potential. Um, but they do have a lot of talent. I think they, their talent is just not um, diversified through the roster correctly. They don't have enough ball handlers, but yeah, I think if, if Tim has a great season, if Christian Wood kind of buys in on defense, um, and then Spencer takes another step. They're going to have a really talented roster. And then Luca's just Luca has an MVP yeah. season. I think I think it's gearing up for it to be a, a Luca MVP season where they finish with a top three record in the West. Oh, oh, that's kind of spicy. Top three. I, I think Luca's that's about cool. to have. You know, I, I maybe I should change my answer from Spencer Dinwiddie to Luca for the previous question because I think Luca is about to have a phenomenal season. He's about to come into into the season in shape. Brunson left, and I think you'll. Maybe take that a little personally, and yeah. he's going to kick it into overdrive. I think he's going to be really, really good this year in a way that we haven't seen before. Um, worst case scenario, though, is that this roster, if Luca, <laughs> the the worst case also can happen very easily because if Luca or Spencer miss any chunk of games, this team will lose games. They just do not yeah. have enough ball handlers as currently constructed. Luca goes up, breaks his hand, and some fluke accident misses two months. This team is gonna be around 500 and might be looking at the yeah. draft pick, actually keeping their draft pick. I was gonna say, hey, not for yeah. the Knicks. Then honestly, I know that's worst case scenario, but 
maybe not the worst case scenario if they get to actually keep their lottery pick and have one more asset and then just kind of push that pick down the line. But it's very, very easy for that to happen if, if Spencer or Luca get hurt for any significant amount of time. Who's going to be the first person? How how soon into the season that's tweeting out? Hey, maybe should maybe the Mavs should tank right now. And, oh uh, man, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Dalton. <laughs> Dalton, really? He's really positive though. He's, he's, uh, just gonna. I'll have go a with Kirk or Bo. <laughs> Kirk or Josh. Uh, uh Josh. I'm gonna go with Josh over Kirk. I think Kirk wants him to win games because he he it's, he needs it for the pod. <laughs> Yes. Yes. He needs it for the green rooms. Now, I think you hit it on, you know, with the, with the best case scenario, I think best case scenario, uh, they're better defensively because they're bigger. You know, that's one of the, the trade outs putting Dinwiddie in there, uh, you know, over Brunson's you got a little bit more size. We all saw the defensive stops Dinwiddie had on KD the other day and that, uh, <laughs> that pickup run, you know, circulating on Twitter there. But, um, I think best case scenario that they, they pull off some, you know, I say bigger, but like, some quality trade to bring in another solid one or two role players. You bring in a Bogdanovich, you bring in a Clarkson or a Beverly or something like that. One or two of those dudes that kind of shores up your rotation. And then it's Christian, it's Christian Wood that you get the best case, you know, scenario of Christian Wood in a contract year. Like I'm not worried about Luca. I'm with you on Luca. I think he has MVP type season, big time season, like Bullock, Dorian. I feel like I like even Javelle. Like Maxi, like I feel like I'm like those guys. I, I know what I'm gonna get in those guys. It's the Dinwiddie, Christian Wood. Who's the other piece? Is it Tim? Is it another guy? Those are the X factors. I think for me that control like the true ceiling of this team. So, and worst case scenario is what you said. It's like if Luca gets hurt, then how are we winning games? So yeah, and I, and I think an, an underrated part of next season is that. Guys like Bullock, Dorian, and Maxi are going to be so confident the whole season. Those guys play out of their minds for an entire playoff run, and yeah. they're not—they're just not going to be phased in the regular season. It's going to be pretty easy for them to go play through. Like those guys got a lot of really good experience, and I mean, Bullock played forty-four minutes a game in the playoffs for three rounds. It was wow. nuts. <laughs> it's insane. Um, all right, Mason asked this. He says, "If you were Nico." And Cuban said, map out the next three years. What are your plans? So if you or myself, if we're Nico and, and Mark tells us, hey, map out the next three years for this team. He Mason asks, do you go and try to get control of your draft picks back? Do you go all in on free agency in 2024? What's like your main goals or objectives for the next few years? I'm trying to acquire some draft capital. I'm trying to mm. load up the, the asset chest because they just haven't had any because of the KP trade and because of the Luka trade. Um, and I think free agents are going to want to come here because of the infrastructure that's here. And I'm playing with Luka and Jason Kidd. And so if you have just, you don't have to have eight, nine, 10 first round picks, but if you have just enough to make a trade, when a star one says, Hey, I want to go here to where it's just manageable enough for you to make that trade. I think that's, what's going to happen just because free agency is just not reliable in that, most guys don't just leave in free agency anymore. It's typically a sign and trade. It's typically that you know ahead of time where a guy wants to go, and there'll have to be some sort of trade worked out. And so I would focus on trying to get some draft capital so that you have those assets to trade for a star, or even just so you can draft guys and just have young talent here because Luca is still only 23. So you're going to need guys 
who are younger. And I'll, this roster is kind of low-key, like, a little older. Like, you know, Tim is 30. Dorian is about to be 30. Reggie's, like, 31 or 30. Like, a lot of the key yeah. rotation guys will need to be replaced eventually in a couple of years. So having draft capital also helps with that if you don't get another star. Yeah, I think, I think for me, if I just had to pick one thing, is you find number two for Luca, no matter like I don't know how. Like if you if it means getting the draft assets to load up to get the number two, if it's I I just think at all costs, sometime over the next three years, you need to get this the quality number two guy for Luca. And yeah, and it's like this is the thing I was saying before the KP trade. I was like, hey, whenever you know, whenever they made it, whenever they even signed him before he even played, I was like, all right, but this is their swing at. This is they're swinging at landing the number two guy here. Obviously, didn't work out. You know, losing Brunson. I thought Brunson just for the asset alone. It's like Brunson's going to be. If you don't think he's number two, he's going to be a key part to getting the number two guy. That's obviously a big hit for you there. But I, I for me, that's the thing is how how do you land the number two guy in Dallas that that'd be my number one goal. Yeah, that's a, that that's a big one. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's also kind of tough to identify what kind of guy can be a number two next to Luca. Yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of, you know, you kind of did the big route with KP and then, you know, you'll have Christian Wood a little bit here, but Jalen Brunson, you saw how it, how it worked, but he just bolted. And it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I want to run my own team. So you kind of yeah. got to find somebody that, you know, if it's a Chris Paul later on in his career, it's where he kind of gets it. But even Chris Paul still runs the show, you know, pretty much in, in Phoenix. Or is it a wing type of player that can play off Luca too? And, you know, I, I love Jalen Brown. It's, it's those type of guys that's, that I'm like, that's who I was going to say. I was like, Jalen Brown is probably the guy, like, I think is probably the best number two for Luca. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, like, hey, rank the rank the players in the league that you're like, ideally, you could have any of these players next to Luka outside of like Giannis and Jokic or any of these guys. And I'm like, Jalen Brown has to be in my top three of that. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, I love him next to Luka. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's young and he might not be super happy that he's getting put into trade rumors now. <laughs> that Boston situation. <laughs> um, any update on your sweater? Like game right now? How's that? You and Tim? It's it's so hot right now. I can't even think about sweaters. I'm dreaming about wearing a sweater again at some point. It's it's 105 every single day, and I don't even want to wear clothes in my apartment most of the time. But I will I will have some updated sweaters this season. But nothing nothing too crazy though. Something okay. so something cozy, something to stay in the house. But also my my idea for wearing a sweater is that I can wear it inside the house and just feel comfortable. But I can also wear it out. If it doesn't pass those two mm. things, then I don't buy it. What do you think about Tim Cato's uh, tank tops? He he started working out, and now all of a sudden the tank tops started coming out. Uh, that's it's, what it is. It's it's a temper. It's a phase. I think that the tank tops will be gone soon, but it, he can enjoy them from now. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him slide on the, on the tank tops, <laughs> but they they all of a sudden made a mysterious appearance in his wardrobe. <laughs> He's got some definition because now in the arms and everything. Got, he's, he's, he's flexing. He's trying to flex on the podcast now. <laughs> it's it's hot. You know what? I you know I can give it to him because it's 100 degrees every single day. I, I might need to get more tank tops. Yeah. When are y'all going to uh, switch the video for 77 minutes? Ooh. I mean, if the, the athletic is paying for video, then we'll, <laughs> we'll make that switch. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Anything, uh, anything we can plug here at the end? I know. Do you have a set schedule for how often you're on 77 minutes? You know what? Not right now because we're in the summer, but I will be, I think we're going twice a week once things get going in the summertime. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be on there at least once or twice a week on 77 minutes. And then I'll also be a dime magazine. And then hopefully we have some stuff with the maps going this year. If we can get some, uh, get some things going off the ground. I know. Heck yeah. I'm excited for it. That we can, uh, yeah, do some alternate broadcast stuff for Mavs next season. We'll see. We'll have some fun with it and whatever we can pull off. But you're gonna be at the games. The media badge is back. I, I, let me see, let me see if the. I actually need to check in on the, my media badge. I have. <laughs> I gotta talk to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when I first started doing this, I used to see you all the time, and then it was. Like, I know. Yeah. I, I remember you guys were like, and then I was like, oh, you're like, we're about to have a podcast, and I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I was like, I remember the Locked On podcast before you guys had it. Yep. When it was Mike and Jake. Mike and, and Jake. You guys, you guys have brought it a long way. Five years later, I'm still doing this every night. My wife's still wondering how long this is going to last. <laughs> your, your watch is looking to make sure the check clears. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's that's what I have to – I had to drop that little reminder in there. I was like, hey, um, so when that check comes through that – when you get that email, just let me know. And uh, <laughs> but anyway austin appreciate it it's always good when you hop on and uh talk to you soon all right man talk to you later